Welcome back, Michigan fans, for another edition of Die Tryin'. As the uh, Wolverines are set to take on the Washington Huskies uh, of the, out of the Pac-12 on Saturday, a game that many had circled as a big one uh, heading into this season, one that ABC had slotted in their prime time showcase window. So I'm sure they were not happy at all when the Huskies failed to follow through on coming in ranked and undefeated following a loss, a surprise loss, to Montana, and FCS program. Let's take a look at some of the things that you should keep an eye on for the Wolverines in this contest. Um, namely, who will step up at wide receiver? Obviously, the biggest loss from last week's game, one which was, you know, a, a, I'm not going to say a perfect effort, but a... a, a you know, everything you could have expected and wanted, right? As a Wolverines fan, you kind of saw it on the field, except for coming out of there healthy as the Wolverines lost Ronnie Bell. That's a big blow to the offense. He is not only um, the number one receiver on Michigan's offense, but he's one of the few known commodities the Wolverines had on that side of the ball. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of potential. And But there's a, also a lot of questions, a lot of new faces in new roles, not necessarily even new faces, but people in new roles who need to emerge as not uh, ancillary players, but as lead, lead guys in the offense. So Ronnie Bell was kind of the one guy, one of the two guys, maybe you throw in Hassan Haskins in there, uh, they're pretty set at offensive tackle where you kind of felt like you knew what you were getting and you were and it was positive you were happy about it. Well now he's gone for the year which means everyone else is going to have to step up. This is still a talented wide receiving uh, room but only one receiver last week had more than one catch that was Cornelius Johnson who was projected as the number 2 guy now maybe is projected to be the number 1 go-to receiver. We've heard about how he has old Big Ten type of talent, it's time to see it from Cornelius Johnson. It's time for him to take on that role. Um, he had two catches for 15 yards. That's not going to cut it. They're going to need more production from him moving forward. Other players who showed their potential last week, A.J. Henning had a 74-yard scoring run to go along with his one reception. Ramon Wilson had a 43-yard run on an end-around we saw the grad transfer Dalen Baldwin get into the action, catching that spectacular cross-the-field pass from J.J. McCarthy. Of course, there's still Mike Sanristil, who started. So there is talent there, but who steps up at wide receiver? That's a big key to watch that not only will impact the result of this game, but the program moving forward in this season. Number two, this is a tough test. For Cade McNamara. He was the uh, PFF player of the week. He was nearly perfect. His two incompletions were both batted balls, but this defense is going to be a lot tougher than the one he faced last week. Um, you cannot blame the Washington Huskies' loss on their defense. They have an outstanding pair of cornerbacks in Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon. McDuffie particularly um, grades out very high in his ability to cover outside the hash marks. Um, he is also one of the better tackling 
cornerbacks in college football. And then they also get after it with a pair of dynamic edge rushers, uh, Zion. I'm going to butcher this name probably, but Tupa Ola Fatui and Ryan Bowman. Um, Bowman has kind of been inconsistent. More was expected from him. But Tupa Ola is a guy who had three strip sacks last season. So um, protecting the football is going to be very key. Ball security is going to be very key for Cade McNamara. You do not want to make a big mistake against a team that struggles to score points. And that leads us to the next thing. Can we see some more shutdown defense from Mike McDonald's bunch? This Washington team scored just seven points last week. None after the first possession. They average only four yards per play. It's almost hard to believe that they were able to do that against an FCS foe. The numbers are really unacceptable and stunning. Uh, quarterback Dylan Morris was intercepted three times. He only averaged 4.9 yards per pass. The, they only averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Um, starter Richard Newton only gains 62 yards on 17 carries. That's 3.6 yards per carry. And this is supposed to be one of uh, the best offensive lines in the Pac-12. Some would say the top offensive line in the back in the Pac-12. You would think that against an FCS foe that they would be able to at least run the football, right? At, at the very minimum, at least run the football. And um, I don't know if you listen to my Big Bets podcast, but I like the Wolverines this week laying a six and a half points. Um, and one of the things was the that, yes, Montana is a good FCS team, but they're kind of the, that kind of means they'd be like, you know, the number one MAC team. So when Michigan plays a MAC team, even if it is the number one MAC team, you're expecting to win and win comfortably, right? So judging by that, judging by the quarterbacks, uh, Dylan Morris's past history and his struggles of being effective as a downfield passer, this conservative offense, this should be an offense that Michigan bottles up on Saturday. Uh, the most intriguing aspect of their defense will be how they cover the tight end. Washington's best weapon is Cade Otten, their tight end. He had eight catches for 82 yards last week. This is a player who was always known for his blocking ability. And last season, it was a small sample size, but last season he emerged as more of a weapon in the passing game, of more of a, an integral part of that, where he became a more well-rounded tight end and wasn't just a blocker, but a receiver as well. And obviously that's something he was able to build on already one week into the season with this eight-catch week one performance. How does Michigan defend him? I don't know. You know, uh, Western Michigan was basically a lot of four wideout last week. So I'm very curious to see, um, does that mean a lot of Daxton Hill? Could Mike McDonald employ his best back seven defender on the opposing team's best offensive weapon? Is that a one-on-one -on -one opportunity to say you're going to take out the other team's best offensive player? Could we see more speed and athleticism at linebacker? Maybe Michael Barrett uh, uh, becomes a bigger part of the game plan 
against this type of offense. I'm not sure about that, but maybe. How about true freshman junior Colson, who's very athletic, had a pass breakup last week, played a little more than I expected to see him. He could be a guy that maybe sees the field against this offense. Or could they potentially try to keep this vanilla? You're going to be facing some good tight ends in the Big Ten moving forward, uh, including Jake Ferguson in Wisconsin in a few weeks. If they don't need to focus on shutting down Cade Otten and Washington is struggling the football, maybe there's no need for something special. Maybe you want to save that for later on in the year when you face uh, when you know when you face a club where you might need it more off more significantly um, to keep the other team's offense down. All right, going back, staying with the defensive side of the ball, uh, one of the top matchups to watch out for in Saturday's game against Washington is the one-on-one between uh, senior Aiden Hutchinson, who is Michigan's best player, their best edge rusher. Um, the former defensive end who's now playing that stand-up edge rusher outside linebacker position. He will be going up against, uh, I think, much of the game, left tackle Jackson Kirkland, the best offensive lineman in Washington on Washington's offensive line, one of the best offensive linemen in all of the Pac-12, maybe the top offensive lineman in the Pac-12. We're talking about two future NFL players, potentially two future first-round picks if things go as planned for both kids throughout this season. You can be sure that scouts will be zeroed in on this matchup in the trenches, this one-on-one battle between Aiden Hutchinson and Jackson Kirkland. And I think you should too. It's very easy to follow the ball and the quarterback and the running back, but this is definitely the best one-on-one, mano-a-mano, talent versus talent, strength versus strength, matchup you're going to see on the field on Saturday. And finally, uh, what to look for. How about a little special teams nugget? And we already talked about how does Michigan replace Ronnie Bell in terms of his uh, pass catching on offense. But what might be tougher is how do you replace him in the return game on special teams? Um, This is where he was injured, unfortunately, um, because you needed him out there returning the ball on special teams. He had an impressive 31-yard punt return that set up a a touchdown, put the Wolverines in Western Michigan territory and set up the scoring, set up the offense very well. But the injury took him out of the season, and uh, they filled in with uh, a kid who came here, who came to Ann Arbor as a preferred walk-on, Caden Colazar. You may recognize the name. His father, John Kolazar, was a starting safety. He is also a DB, and in this game, he was a punt returner. And, uh, you know, he was a punt returner. He didn't do a lot of the returning. He fielded a few punts. Fair caught them. As I'm watching the game, and you see, you know, A.J. Henning take an end around and going 74 yards to the house, I can't help but think, hey, I, I would love to see what Henning could do with a little space returning a punt in the open field using that, you know, after the catch ability, which is basically what a punt return is, right? Um, it would be wonderful to see him back there. Uh, other can, and I think they, I think the team would like to see him out there. He, I saw a quote from him where he talked about how it's not easy catching the ball. Well, I got to tell you, 
It may not be easy, but it's critical because if you don't catch it, it doesn't matter how dynamic you are once you get that your hands on the football. So I think a lot of it is going to be about the comfort level of the other candidates, starting with A.J. Henning. Um, Harbaugh talked about how effective Colazar is as a blocker, uh, as how effective he is as a rusher in the punt game. So I think it, it's, it behooves Michigan to find someone else, not only because it improves their return game, uh, uh, their returner specifically, but by push, putting Colazar back where you can use him, he's one of their better special teams players. So you, you're taking away from his strengths by making him a punt returner. Other candidates are Ramon Wilson, who also had a big, you know, similar to A.J. Henning, had a huge run on an end around. Um, you have Blake Corum, who had that, uh, I believe it was a 79-yard kickoff return. So we know what he can do in the open field. Corum uh, did have, I believe, one punt return last year, which he muffed and recovered. So that could be why we haven't seen him back there. And then finally, Mike Sanristil, you figure, has to be another kind of candidate. We've seen him return kickoffs. Um, he's that slot guy who has that similar, similar uh, type of skill set that you look for in a punt returner. All right, so those are the things to watch for in Saturday's game. I'm going to give you a prediction. I was pretty close last week. Uh, my prediction was Michigan 45, Western Michigan 17. I was off by a handful of a points as the Wolverines took that one 47 to 14. This week I'm predicting a 31 to 13 win for the Michigan Wolverines over the Washington Huskies to send the Huskies to 2 and 0 as Michigan improves to 2 and 0 in out of conference play and a victory that maybe should get them a little more respect into the polls. Maybe they could crack the top 25 with an impressive effort against the Power 5 team um, under the bright lights in Ann Arbor. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Daniel Mogollon. You can find me on Twitter at DanTheSportMan. Um, and from there, hopefully we're going to get this podcast on iTunes by next week. So you can listen to their iTunes and all those other uh, places, Stitcher, um, Google, Spotify, all those other places you may be using uh, podcasts. But until then, we're just posting it on the site and you can find it. You can find the link through Twitter you can, or you can listen to it directly um, on Twitter. Uh, so we got the score. Michigan winning 31 to 13. Go Blue. Talk to you next week as we wrap up Saturday's game.